Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Uh, not much, Mike, man. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm ready to uh, dive right back in to NBA basketball after the three to four days where people weren't talking about NBA basketball break that we had. Was it really that long? I feel like people are still talking about it. The NBA is officially a... a 365 sport. Um, I, we, I think we said it last year, but this year it really, really feels that way. And we took a nice little uh, summer break from the fantasy, but uh, I'm ready to get back into it. It's going to be draft time before you know it. Oh, no doubt. And uh, there'll be a kind of a little bit of a dead time as like the football picks up here in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, I feel like there's still always basketball stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Once the NFL gets rolling, everybody's going to be doing their fancy football stuff. But uh, fancy basketball, way more important, way more interesting. Uh, I'm not going to hate on the fancy footballers. Uh, anyone can play. Good. Congratulations. Well, and I think that's the allure. True. That makes sense. And it's only once a week, so you don't have to be uh, super dedicated to it to actually play. Makes sense. Well, there's there's and, something and- for everybody. And in, in that sense, you can be super lucky because it's only a 17-game sample. So, I mean, you can not really know what you're doing. Pick a guy who has an awesome season and, and win the league. Yeah, it happens uh, all the time. It happens every season in every single league. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be too much rhyme or reason to uh, who wins those leagues, um, even the super competitive ones. So uh, enough fancy football, slight, slightly bashing fancy football. We have 30 freaking teams to review. We are, we're going to start on our uh, adventure into uh, kind of doing a, a team, I guess, preview more than a review of next season's fantasy um, analysis for each one of the NBA teams. Uh, it's going to be pretty daunting, Tyler. Oh, uh, no, it's not now. It's Don't daunting. Lie. Don't lie. There has been more turnover this offseason I think than any offseason in in recent memory um we could talk about the the whole kind of landscape of the free agency and whatnot um what what's happened the last two years I think is actually going to hurt a lot of next year's free agents in the sense that the big guys are still going to get the money I mean they're always going to get the big dollars but there's going to be some real bargains to be had next year because a lot of teams are not going to have cap space and there's a lot of guys who are available who are really good players yeah, there were some weird contracts. Um, when you see Tim Hardaway's contract and you look at Derrick Rose's contract, uh, granted, I'd probably rather have Tim Hardaway on my team, but not for that money. Uh, but Derrick Rose, one year, two, what, $2.1 million? That's That's a bargain. Well, and you have teams who they make a mistake. I mean, Brooklyn and then Portland matching it did it last year with Alan Crabb. They have a young player that they want to keep. But the other team knows that the only way they're going to get them away is to offer a crazy amount of money. And so the player gets super overvalued. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure last year Alan Crabb uh, was, like, one of the top 30 contracts in the league. Like, he, he was one of the top 30 highest-paid players. And he's going to be that way for, like, the next three or four seasons. And there's just no way he can match that value. Uh, yeah, but that's... that's the only way you're going to steal him away. So – I mean, that's what the other teams have to do. 
that contract looks really, really bad now. And um, I do not envy the people who actually play salary leagues because that seems like a really daunting task. I'm not that far in to the uh, down the deep end actual salary league, though I'm I'm considering it. Well, the, the only thing I guess I'm not a huge fan of in, in a salary league is you don't have any control over what your person gets paid. I mean, if you had, like, say, Tim Hardaway and he was useful in that league, like if it was a 16, 18-team league, and now he gets paid $20 million a season, like, you had no control over that. True, but you can kind of um, probably prepare around guys who are going to be free agencies and, and guys who have longer, con- smaller contracts, probably a little bit more valuable. Stuff like that. Um, I, I just think if, nice if, if you're playing in that kind of dynasty league, I think it, it creates more roster turnover, which is, is kind of what happens in the league. So if that's your goal is to make it as much like the actual NBA, I mean, I guess you're doing that. Yeah. Maybe that's what you want. Um, maybe we'll get into a little salary. Um, really, our plans for the, the rest of the offseason is to um, start with some of the uh, teams that had the least turnover this offseason and kind of break those down real quick and then kind of get more in-depth into the ones that had a, a lot of turnover. You're going to see a lot of difference in what they did last year versus the players on the roster and the style of play they're going to be playing, and really the fancy value of those those players on those teams. And then uh, once we are running through those uh, 30 teams, we're going to start doing some uh, mock drafts and some strategy podcasts. So if people have uh, questions, people are interested in certain content, uh, if you're interested in a salary league, uh, get at us. Uh, let us know on Twitter. Um, I'm already going to drop my Twitter already. We're er- real early in this podcast. I'm at Watch the Boxes. And Tyler, what's your what's your Twitter handle so we, they can get at you right now? Um, at Watsy4444. Stop what you're doing. Tweet at us right now what you want to hear for the rest of the, uh, the season or the, the preseason, I would say. Um, so let's get at it. We got to, like we said, we got a lot of teams, but I think there's a handful of ones that we can kind of just bust through. There's, there's quite a few teams that, um, or at least a handful of teams that didn't really have too much change and probably shouldn't see a lot of change in the value of their players this year. I'm with you on that. Um, we were going to start with, and let's just, we're, we're already throwing this off, off the, we're throwing this off the ship. That's not a, I don't think that's a metaphor, but um, we're going to start with Cleveland. But then, what the hell? We can't we can't start without talking about what the hell's going on in Cleveland. Um, I assume they were just going to bring everybody back, and then this whole giant uh, Kyrie uh, trade rumor pops up, and it, it seems not to be a rumor. If you would have asked me about four days ago whether I thought it would happen, I'd say like ninety percent chance it doesn't happen. Now it seems like there's a ninety percent chance it's going to happen. Well, I guess the interesting part of it is, is he he really wants out. Okay, so that's that's a thing. But if you're LeBron and you're the de facto GM, as you always like to say, I mean, who who else are you really gonna want on your team? So I'm already ready for my conspiracy. I'm ready for my conspiracy theory. I know what's going on in Cleveland. I got inside sources. So number one, Kyrie, he knows. LeBron's leaving next year. He knows. LeBron's been talking about it, probably told him about it. Kyrie knows LeBron's leaving next year. LeBron's going to L.A. Kyrie's sitting there, he's looking around, he's like, well, what the hell? We fired our GM. Um, LeBron's going to leave me here. 
with a crappy team, uh, with no future, with no draft picks. We traded them all away to get Kyle Korver and whoever else to fit around LeBron. And I'm going to have a team that's built to fit around LeBron and not me for the basically the start in the, the middle of my prime. I'm just going to be wallowing in mediocrity here while LeBron goes to L.A. Screw that. I'm going to get out first and leave LeBron here so I don't get stuck in, in, in the, the mistake by the lake. Beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, that's a theory. I think it's a pretty good theory. Um, I'll indulge you on it in saying this, okay? Teams realistically that could trade for him. Hmm. Go ahead, who you got? I, I've been thinking about this. Uh, my number one rank is the Phoenix Suns. Okay, like, so you're going to assume that they're going to trade away Blitzow and who? You got to throw Bledsoe in there. Uh, you probably have to get rid of Chris or Bender, one of those two guys. And you probably have to throw in one of those Miami draft picks. Um, and then, you know, you might have to throw another guy in to make the salaries work. Okay, so are they really going to be any better than Clevelandless LeBron? No, not at all. Now, I'm thinking Kyrie wants to get out of there. Simply because, well, Clevelandless Clevelandless LeBron doesn't have any future. Actually, yeah, the Suns would be better than Clevelandless LeBron because they have young talent, they have draft picks, they have now, see, something moving forward. Here's the the part of it I think you're missing. I changed my mind. And okay, so LeBron leaves. So what leaves with LeBron is all those guys who are willing to like take that little tiny bit of money and try to chase a ring. So you got guys like Jeff Green this year, Kyle Korver, Derek Rose, who was willing to pay for like $2 million to try to chase the, the ring. Return, the return, Derek Rose. Okay, so those guys are going to leave too, which is going to leave Cleveland with quite a bit of cap space and still Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. So – Assuming they can get the players, they're actually not going to be in a horrendous position. Cap space wise, uh, young young talent wise, they're really good. To, they, I, I don't know how many draft picks they have. I'd have to look it up. Well, see, the way that they can do it now is they can only trade every other year in the first round. Yes. So they still have some picks, and I actually. I was looking this up the other day for an article I'm writing. I'm pretty sure that they they definitely have next year's, and I don't think they've traded away uh, 2020 or 2019s yet either. Let they me, trade me, away the 2019 second. Um, yeah, so they, they do own their own draft picks, um, except for 2019 that goes to Atlanta. And their second round, 18 – their second round nineteen, their second round twenty, all goes goes out, but they are getting a nineteen and twenty back in um, from other teams. So I mean, I don't, I don't think they're in that horrendous of a spot. If they, um, yeah, if they're terrible that first year, right? If they're I, terrible in two thousand eighteen, eighteen nineteen season, right? Then they don't have their, they don't have their first round draft pick there. So they're going to have to be the, – that's another year that the, they don't have any anything coming in. And then they'll start the rebuild the year after that unless they can 
you know, convince some free agents to come but, in. But the whole Perry. the whole narrative that you hear from like ESPN and all those guys is, oh, he doesn't want to be LeBron's little brother anymore and all this stuff. And it's like, well, okay, I guess I understand that, but like what better situation is he going to put himself in? Like he wants to be the man, but there's very few teams where he's going to go there and be the man and still have the success. Yeah, I'm not really sure why he wants out if he wants to play for championships. To me, it has to be another reason, and it has to be the fact that he doesn't want to be stuck in Cleveland without LeBron when LeBron obviously is going to leave, or he just really hates LeBron. Well, he did sign that five-year contract before LeBron came. True. So, so I mean, maybe he, it's not he, Cleveland. He can't hate Cleveland that much. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. I think I his worry, on a man. his worry is probably that LeBron doesn't leave, that LeBron stays, and then he's his number two for, you know, even after LeBron starts slipping. So yeah, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna have to wait until this plays out in order to actually properly rate these uh, the players on this team. Um, though, even so, I, I don't think there's gonna be um, terrible, drastic moves in the value of Kyrie or LeBron. I guess if Kyrie goes to his own team um, and he gets way more usage, but Kyrie had more usage than LeBron last year, so I'm not really sure what what he's trying to get at. Yeah, uh, I don't really see any way that Kyrie gets a ton, ton better. I mean, he scored 25 points a game last year. Yeah, he shot the ball a lot. Um, And, hey, he's really good at getting into the rim. Good for you. I don't know why you would want your own team if you're playing for a final, basically a championship every single year. Um, But we'll we'll get back to Cleveland once that all pans out. Um, I... uh, I hope that pans out pretty soon here so we can kind of move on with uh, and finalize some of the rankings that we were working on. Um, so let's go with like the team that basically had almost no – actually, well, they definitely had something because they had a draft pick. Well, they bought a draft pick, a very special draft pick in my heart, the number 38 pick. Golden State Warriors bought Jordan Bell from the Chicago Bulls and now – um, if you if you remember my theory is uh, they did not buy Jordan Bell from the Bulls. The Jordan uh, the Bulls had no idea who Jordan Bell was. Golden State did. They bought the pick. They drafted Jordan Bell, showing how negligent the Chicago Bulls actually are. They didn't even notice that there was a Draymond Green esque defender just sitting there waiting to be taken. Well, I wonder why Golden State wants to give me three point five million. I love money more than winning, so screw it. Thank you, you jerk, stupid, unoffice Bulls people. But other than that, they lost nobody. They re-signed Durant, Iguodala, Livingston, JaVale McGee even re-signed. Zsa 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 Pachulia, one of my favorite um, players to say his name, and David West. And they brought in Nick Young. I forgot about Nick Young and Omer Caspi. Two really great contracts. Um, so they did add some some pieces, but fantasy wise, not a huge difference here on this team. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Ian Clark. I mean, that situation's still up in the air. I still don't think he's signed with anybody yet. So I mean, they could potentially lose him, um, and and I think they will lose him because I think they have 15 guaranteed contracts now. So I don't think he'll be back. 
Um, the only player who's probably going to lose quote unquote standard league relevance was Nick Young. Nick Young was like the 159th ranked player last year. So he was just barely um, standard league relevant there. And I don't think he's going to be on this Warriors team. Do you think, uh, do you think Nick Young slips into uh, kind of an Iguodala role? Iguodala played 26 minutes a game on averages. He was ranked 110th. So technically standard league relevant. Um, though Iguodala does get his relevancy from doing all the little things and not doing anything great. Um, do you think Nick Young can slip in uh, 25 minutes a game, or do you are you are you assuming that that's just not going to happen on this team? I, it's going to happen some nights, and, and you're going to have to pick your spots. I think the whole reason for for deepening the team even more is to not only allow some players to rest a little bit more, like we'll probably give Iguodala his fair share of nights off and just say, okay, you're not playing tonight. Um, I also think that Nick Young's is a player who's never really going to give you any defensive stats. So if you need threes and points, even if you know Nick Young is going to get big minutes, that's really all he's going to give you. Yeah, probably a spot starter um, at best. Nick Young, you'll have to pay attention to that if you're in head-to-head leagues, but could be a valuable spot starter, so someone you want to keep an eye on. Uh, but some nights he might not play hardly 15 minutes, but other nights he might play 32, uh, and that's just going to vary. Uh, like you said, looking at the the rest of this team, um, anyone getting significantly better or worse? Do you think these guys are staying right around the same spot that they were in last year? Um, I, I really think the only thing worth talking about is um, Durant missed the 20 games last year. So that bumped up the values a little bit of Curry, of Draymond Green, of Clay Thompson. And so if you assume that Durant stays relatively healthy and plays, instead of 61, he plays 75 games, um, I think some of those guys maybe move back just a hair. But – I mean, we're all talking – I mean, all four of those players are going to be top 35 guys, so. Yeah. Nothing – I I, I would agree. There's nothing super significant there. Even with Kevin Durant playing, you know, let's say 75 games this year, um, to me that just bumps him up, obviously, in totals to probably the best player if if you're if you're including uh, – if you're in a roto league, I would, I would take him first overall probably. And I wouldn't – venture not taking him first overall in a, in a head-to-head league uh, you could probably make an argument for someone like Harden or Westbrook um, though they're in new situations as well and will eventually get to those teams but uh, really here nothing nothing super significant um, do you want to you want to rank these guys I think it's pretty obvious it's a uh, Durant Curry uh, easily top five players um, Draymond Clay um, you're kind of second and third round guys Anyone so, else on so the standard league relevant? Draymond, where where are you going? That's a tough one. Uh, if I have team to, league, where are you picking him? If I have to give an armchair, um, I, I have not um, finalized my rankings at all. It's still way too early to get to that. Uh, but if I'm if I'm looking at Draymond in a twelve you know twelve team roto league, or is that, is that what we're looking at? Sure. All right, twelve team roto league. Hmm. Freaking Draymond. 
I'd probably take him beginning of the third round. I'm with you. I might even sneak him into the, the back half of the second there. Yeah, He's it depends a- on your, whoever your first pick was, but if he fits real well, I would take him mid-second round if it, if it fits perfectly. Um, the the only problem with picking him super, super high, um, and he came out, if you do total value on Basketball Monster, he came out 20th last season. Um, the only problem with picking him super, super high is that he only scores 10 points a game. And I mean, you know, Mike, that those those real high scoring guys dry up real quick. Yeah, they disappear. And so, picking a guy who only gets ten points a game, real real early, can sometimes hamstring you in that points category. Yeah, you would almost have to pair him with someone who gets incredible points. So, um, James Harden would be I, I, uh, someone to pair him with. Uh, Anthony Davis would be someone to, to, to pair him with. But or you could go the other way and punt points and just say, all right, I'm going with no, uh, low points this year, which I, I don't recommend, but it's something people do. Well, and it's super hard to do in a Roto League, I think. Um, oh, yeah. And it's not it's, – it's probably my least favorite category to chase in, in a Roto League because, sure, maybe you can, like, get a spot start of a guy, but if you're spot starting a guy like Nick Young who you're expecting, oh, he's going to get big minutes, he could get a lot of points. Nick Young's also the guy who can shoot – three for 20 in a game and completely kill your field goal percentage. Yeah. And all the best players, they score points. That's what they're, that's why they're the best players in the league. And there's only a handful of players who like Draymond and there's really not hardly, hardly at all. There's only like a few, three players like Draymond Green who don't score and are significantly valued um, in fantasy. And um, Draymond's just by far the best one and makes up for that. Uh, I think let's uh, let's move on to the Spurs. The Warriors, you kind of know what you're getting there. The Spurs, similar um, kind of um, feel here. They really didn't lose any of their main players. Uh, Dwayne Dedman went to Atlanta. Jonathan Simmons went to Orlando, which uh, I think Jonathan Simmons isn't that good, but whatever. Uh, Derek White was drafted. I'm not sure he's worth uh, mentioning, but Paul Gasol resigned. Rudy Gay is the big uh, gain in free agency. And uh, Manu coming back for another year. Patty Mills coming back for another year. Um, this team's a little bit more interesting than I, I, I kind of put them at second with, like, don't don't expect a lot of difference here, but a little bit more interesting than I thought they would be. Well, there's a there's a there's two big talking points, I think. Um, number one, is Rudy Gay going to be ready to play at the beginning of the season? And what are we going to see after the torn Achilles? And the second thing is who's going to be the point guard because Tony Parker's out probably at least until the new year, at least until the calendar flips to 2018. So who is going to get those minutes at the point? Yeah, I think this is definitely a stopgap year for the Spurs. They brought some people in who um, they know they're just not going to be. um, I I think they know they're not going to be title contenders, even though they were title contenders last year. Um, So never count out the Spurs ever um, for any reason. But yeah, your Rudy Gay uh, might not be back till January. Um, Tony Parker might not start the year. Um, Patty Mills is probably the most interesting uh, possibility of significantly getting a bump. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge had a very bad year for him last year, and it, it doesn't seem like he's going to be getting 
any better at his age. Paul Gasol is coming back, but should play less minutes. Uh, is there anyone who's significantly better, significantly worse? Uh, is someone you might want to bump down on this team? Uh, bump down. I mean, depending on where Aldridge gets picked, I'm I'm probably really not super looking at him because I think his name value will carry more value than his actual value this year. So in in most standard leagues, I'm really not looking to pick Aldridge. Um, my kind of sleeper guy that I might take late on if he's going there is Dejounte Murray. Um, I think Murray can kind of sneak in there and get some of those minutes at the point. And it's Pop's team, right? They're always going to be winning games, I think. Even no matter who they're running out there, they just play that great team style of basketball. And I think Murray's going to get some stats if he's the guy actually getting the minutes. Yeah, this team's just getting nothing but older. And um, they probably need to bring in some youth like uh, DeJounte Murray. Uh, Danny Green, who had uh, a very good year a couple years ago, um, fell back to his normal shooting under 40%, both last year and the year before that. I don't see him suddenly breaking out again like he did that one year at the age of 30. Um, really, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of down on this team outside of uh, at a Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. There's not a ton of great standard league options. I mean, you got whoever starts a point guard. I mean, Pau Gasol is going to be a top 100 player probably, but not super into that top 100. I mean, he's probably going to be 80 to 100. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you got not a lot of like super fantasy relevant options that you're getting excited about. Um, if Rudy Gay was starting the season, I might be into him just if people get scared off by the Achilles, but I mean, I'm kind of scared off by the Achilles in the sense that he tore it in January. I don't even know. He might not play till January. He might not play at all. If I'm in a Roto League and Rudy Gay is still on the board, and he's going to have the next, next – not the last round, next to last round, I think I'm picking him up. Yeah, because, I mean, especially in a Roto League, right, those bench players, you're not super counting on them for a ton. No. And so that's a kind of great upside flyer in the sense that we've seen Rudy Gay be what, like a top 30 player. Yeah. Just even last year. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you there. He might, I mean, he might be really, really nice in uh pops system. Uh, he's, he's a scorer. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, who just, who knows what kind of player you're getting back after that Achilles. Um, Patty Mills is probably my pick to uh, to be a standard league relevant guy who really was borderline last year. I think he might be a solid standard league guy. Um, well, he was 122nd in, in 21.9 minutes a game. Yeah. So if you're saying he's going to get 28, if you're saying he's going to get 32, obviously that number is only going to go up. Um, the worry is he had like almost zero blocks. So he's a guard who's not going to help you at all in that category. And he's not a lights-out three-point shooter. He's not hitting a ton of threes. I mean, sadly, two threes is not the same thing uh, as it used to be. Uh, But, yeah, I I think he can, especially in a roto league because of his his turnovers, uh, I think he can approach starters minutes simply because, well, Tony Parker being out probably at the beginning of the year, and them not really sure what they're going to be doing from the point guards. Uh, he's the de facto point guard at that point. I'm with you. 
I'm not sure if I'm I'm not reaching for him, that's for sure. But rest of this team, like you said, Lamarcus not excited. Paul Gasol can only get worse. Um, I'm not sure I can get behind anyone else on this team. Let's uh let's quickly get away from this the depressing San Antonio Spurs and move on to Toronto. Another team with very little turnover here. Uh, they drafted my main man, OG, and a no B at 23. Love that guy. Uh, probably my, he's taken over Jaja Jaja's place in favorite names to say. Uh, still behind Bismack Biombo. Probably not ready to start the season though for a no B. Right? He tore that ACL in like January, so he's probably not going to be anything this year. If you're playing in a redraft league, he's probably oh, yeah. not going to. Redraft league, stay away from that guy. Uh, let's see. They brought in uh, – they re-signed Ibaka. They re-signed Lowry. They brought in C.J. Miles from Indiana, probably the most interesting um, thing fantasy-wise. They lost uh, Patrick Patterson and P.J. Tucker, and they lost Damari Carroll and Corey Joseph. And they can't sell Jonas Valanciunas for a cup of beans. Cannot get rid of that guy. Um, which they – has there, when was the last year you said – Man, they sh- should not get rid of Jonas Valachunas this year. Was it like five years ago? Was the last time you're like, oh, maybe give that guy a shot? Uh, let's see here. What was it? It was after his was it rookie or sophomore year that he he kind of had that tantalizing numbers, but he didn't play that much. And you were like, man, if they just let this guy play, he might be awesome. And then it just never happened. And they tried to let him play that next year because everyone dra- overdrafted him. They tried to let him play. They still wouldn't let him finish fourth quarters because he. Uh, just bleeds offense from the from the other team, and yeah, ever since then they've been like, maybe we should trade this guy, and they never did. And the guy's only twenty five. Yeah, and I mean he keeps getting better. I mean, weirdly enough, the blocks went away last year, but like a lot of the numbers keep getting better. It's just he never gets the minutes. I mean, twenty six minutes every year for the last three years. No reason to see that change now. So you had your um, Kyle Lowry, obviously the best player on this team by by far, fantasy wise. Um, always um, one of my favorite guys to pick up uh, and and get a good. Usually you can get him in the draft at a pretty good uh, price, and then he overperforms for the first half of the season every single year. Every single year, great first half, falls off the second half. Just move him before the All-Star break. You'll be fine. Yeah, the talking point for me, I think, is do you make anything of this DeMar DeRozan's going to be more of a ball handler this year? Storyline that, no. <laughs> that they're trying to feed you. I'm making none of that. DeMar DeRozan is a black hole. He's just like Melo. The ball goes to him, and it never comes back out. If uh, I honestly don't even want to see him try to run – more point guard or whatever for guard point forward or whatever they want to call him. Um, that's just not what he's good at. Get, taking the ball out of Kyle Lowry's hands is a dumb idea. Well, it's not, he's not a creator, right? He's an, he's an ISO Joe, man. He's ISO yeah, tomorrow. And he's great. And he is fantastic at that. Um, they also, I also read one that he was going to shoot more threes. He, he's not, he's not going to do it. He's not never going to make threes. He is always going to be the last best 
points man in in your draft, I think. That if you need points, if you've Just got sitting there in the in the round four and you're like, hmm. If you got Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green early and you're like, God, I need some points, he's gonna be it in round four. Sometimes he even slips around five in like those standard leagues where you can snag him and he's the last best shot at twenty seven points a game. Do you think I mean DeMar is in his prime? Do you think he can get better next year? Do you think he can? And like, like you're saying, I, I don't think he can improve on his, on his threes, so I'm out on that. But do you think he can improve in any other facet of his game? He His steals are a little lackluster. Um, obviously, his threes suck. And um, his assists are are pretty average for a guard. Yeah, guard I mean, if, you, if you're looking at it, steals, assists, blocks, I mean, point two. He's a rough athletic guy. He could get more than that. I don't really see it. He is what he is at 27. I mean, that's what you're going to get. There's going to be some some normal fluctuation. Maybe he's a little bit higher, a little bit lower in the points in some of those categories, but he is what he is. What about Kyle Lowry? You think he there's any possibility he could get any better? I think I think really he's plateaued. Same with Demar. Um, I think the next thing we see from Kyle Lowry is worse, not better. I think he can only get worse. He played 37 minutes a game last year. I don't know why they would continue. I mean, other than they really don't have anyone to help, but um, I'm not sure why they would continue to throw that many minutes at him, especially when at the end of the year and in the playoffs, you can just see the fact that all that wear and tear on Kyle Lowry uh, just just breaks him down every year. Uh, Any interest in Norman Powell, who may be getting some more minutes for a standard league? Hmm. That's a good question. A little bit. I, he's he's a little intriguing. Uh, he he does seem to be able to stretch the floor. I don't know if he's getting enough minutes. In, in the, uh, I'm not sure he's intriguing enough to waste a draft pick on him. I'd, I, that's a wait and see for me. I'm with you there. They don't have a ton that you're like getting excited about that could be getting the minutes. Like you mentioned, three or four guys that left. Um, if they're playing Norman Powell 25 minutes, 20, I mean, he got 18 minutes a game last year. Like they're, I don't see them thrusting him right up to 30. Um, so I, I don't super love him for a standard league. He's kind of a nice and a little bit deeper league. He's a nice kind of late upside target though, in the sense that if he does get a lot more minutes, I think he could be kind of interesting. Do you think CJ miles slides right into the starting position here and ends up getting uh, over 30 minutes a game? Well, I mean, it's him and Norman Powell, right? I think CJ Miles is what he is. I mean, he's going to play what he always plays at twenty, kind of twenty-eight minute range, I would guess. Um, he's going to shoot threes. He's going to give you, I mean, not even great points. It's just it's going to be CJ Miles, right? We've seen this many times. There's always a three to five week period, or maybe a couple three week periods where CJ Miles becomes one of the hottest shooters in the league, and it's probably the in head-to-head leagues is the most fun spot start when you you pick that guy up and you're like all right riding this guy for the next couple weeks and it's great it works out really well um i think he's going to get more opportunity in toronto to uh, to actually um shoot the ball because he doesn't really have to worry about paul george playing as basically in his spot demar and and lowry are going to be doing their thing he's just going to be sitting around in the corner or wherever, and just jacking threes. Um, 
I think there is potential for him to play 30 minutes a game and uh, simply because Norman Powell, I'm not sure if he's ready to play heavy minutes though. He probably, he definitely will play more minutes. Um, and I, I, I could see CJ miles being a standard league relevant player. Um, surprisingly he only played 23 and 20, basically 23 minutes the last two seasons. Um, if you look back to 2014, 2015, where he played 26 minutes, which I think we could easily see him getting that on this roster. Uh, 13 and a half points, 2.2 threes, 3.1 rebounds, 1.1 assists, uh, almost a steal and almost half a block. It was good for 108th um, in per game value in 2014, 2015. So uh, I guess that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he was uh, on averages ranked 135th, which uh, sneaks him in to standard league relevant, uh, relevancy. Um, Few more minutes that here and there, and uh, he could end up being just right on that uh, that borderline, right on the uh, drop zone, where you're not really sure if you how long you want to keep that guy. But if he keeps making shots, uh, why not? I'm not at the age of what thirty. I'm not super um, excited about calling CJ my, my, Miles a sleeper at all. I'm not going to do that. And here, here's the point, I guess, that I'll make is. He's worth being rostered in a standard league, but where he's going to be picked, he's not somebody I'm going to pick. Now he has decent name relevancy, um, which is surprising, well, and a I'm, lot of people are going to look at that depth chart and they're going to go, "Oh, he's starting!" Boom, picking him up, ninth round. And to me, and, that, I, I'm not wasting a ninth round pick on that guy. Well, and what's his ceiling, right? Like his ceiling is like is what he's doing already. <laughs> Right, barely top 100 if if he even scrapes the top 100. So I'm not picking him at his value, and I'm not – and in a standard league, in those last two or three picks, I want somebody who – I'm going to shoot the moon. Right? I'm going to pick someone young who could get – I'm going to pick Norman Powell over C.J. Miles at that point because we could see Norman Powell get a lot better and really give me a good value, whereas C.J. Miles is 30 years old. It's not happening, man. He's going to be what C.J. Miles is. Yeah, the upside isn't there, and it's not worth – Reaching for anyone who does not have upside in the second half of your draft. It's just not worth reaching. I'm with you there. Um, anyone else on this team interest you? Uh, is Serge Ibaka getting any better? Doubt it. Uh, I think that guy might be like 32 years old. I'm, I, oh, he, um, yeah, he's, in, he's in my Kyle Lowry bucket. Just throwing that, uh, throwing that uh, age blasphemy out there. Uh, you're going to get, you know, allegedly – we're going to get sued for libel here, man. Uh, I don't think that's how libel works, but whatever. All I'm saying is I've only seen those numbers get worse. <laughs> he so has been I in the decline for a couple of years. I don't understand why they would all of a sudden get better. Well, you know, I I, my point. the reason he was in decline to me was simply because he wasn't hiding behind Westbrook and, and Durant last year. But but see, I, I'll I'll give you that. The problem with him, I think, is what made him super valuable back in the day. Just five blocks a game. Well, okay, it was like three or three and a half. Well, whatever. But what what are the blocks now? One and a half. And that's piss poor. And they're not coming back, man. They're just not. No, and that's a good sign that the athleticism is gone. Um, I'm not I'm not getting excited about Jonas Velachunas either. I don't. He's 25. How could he get? any better if he played 35 minutes a game is that actually going to happen 
Well, I mean, he's going to get better if he actually gets 30 minutes. Is he going to get 30 minutes? No. It's not going to happen. He got 26 the last three years. They're not going to say, oh, all of a sudden we now love you. We're going to give you 32 minutes a game. It's not going to happen. He's going to be what he's been in the last few years. Um, if you look at total value, he was actually 47th in, in rankings last year by Basketball Monster um, because he shoots really good percentages. I mean, the thing that, that I don't like to have him as my center, especially where he often gets picked because everyone always says about the upside, is minimal blocks, minimal steals. It's just not for me. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, he's another guy who – I mean, especially today, if my center isn't shooting threes – you're not doing it right, and and th- that's a crazy thing to say. Uh, if you said that three years ago, you'd be laughed out of the room. But now, if your center isn't hitting threes, you don't have a good center. Uh, it's as simple as that. Well, There's just or, that many centers hitting threes, or getting over two blocks a game, right? Over a block a game, at the very least. And he's not even doing that. Um, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta do one or the other. You gotta get the two blocks, like Hassan Whiteside or Rudy Gobert, or you gotta shoot yeah. threes. And you have if you're not to doing be DeAndre Jordan, or you have to be, I guess, Carl Anthony Towns, or even Brooke Lopez, right? Or I Brooke mean, Lopez, yeah. That's a better, probably a better comparison. And, and so, because he doesn't do either, like, I mean, I just, I'm not super interested in him. Now, if he falls enough, I mean, like. Where, what's your spot, I guess? Now we'll throw out this fact that, I mean, no rankings are set here, but what spot are you starting to kind of look and say, okay, maybe I'll go for Jonas Valanciunas? You see Jonas in there. Um, so I already got a center because I'm not stupid. And I'm looking at him. Right, because I'm not sitting. I think if he's, if, he, if he's sitting around at the bottom, like the eighth round, I'm starting. Yeah, that's to look about at. what I'm, I'm starting. I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I don't have a backup center, and I'm like, eh, you know, I don't have a second center, and maybe he could be all right. And there's not that much many centers back on the board. Yeah, why not? And and I guess that's my point is I don't want to say that I'm not interested in him at all. I'm trying to say I'm not interested in him at the spot where I often see him go in drafts. What's his best case scenario next year, right? He plays 31 best, minutes a game. Oh, that's I don't even think that's his best case scenario. I think his best case scenario is he plays 28 minutes a game, 29, somewhere in there. I mean, that's it, I mean that doesn't significantly bump him up. No, he's his best case scenario is barely top 50. Man, I wouldn't even go that far. Well, he was 47th if you look at total value. Last year, I guess I'm played, looking on average because he played almost every game. He played 80 games, so he was 47, and that's his ceiling, I think. Because I don't, even with the two or three extra minutes, I don't see him producing a ton more. Yeah, he might get up to 10 rebounds a game instead of nine and a half, and 12 and a half points instead of 12. But okay, I mean that's not really going to push him up. Plus, you're going to see some of these other guys move past him. I think so. I think it's going to be about the same. Because the pace only keeps getting faster in the league, right? And he's not built for that. And on top of that, everyone's getting better. Yeah, so. Uh, I was actually going to make that point. I'll make that point with LeBron at a later date. That LeBron's great, but the the league has just gotten better around him. He's actually not gotten worse, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, Let's move on to Washington. Another team really didn't have any uh, giant moves. They re-signed Otto Porter. They got Jody Meeks from Orlando. 
they ended up getting Tim Frazier from New Orleans and um, Bojan Bojanovic got him in free agency. No, yeah, they lost Bojan Bojanovic. Sorry, Bojan yes. Bojanovic. He's on Indiana. Yes. Um, and they lost uh, Brandon Jennings to the Shanghai Brave Dragons. But no, that's not Shanghai. I Zhang, thought it was Shanghai. Brave Dragons. This is what it says here on ESPN. Um, I don't so, know who to trust. Um, Brandon Jennings not a thing anymore after that torn Achilles, unfortunately. Um, yeah. They all, sad. So, so Very sad. Uh, tangent question. Is Tim Frazier better than Brandon Jennings at this moment? Yes. Is that an upgrade? I, I think so, too. And um, so they like, they made. I secretly like Tim Frazier, but not not in any like significant way. Just I think he's a good basketball player. This ESPN listing him at six one is hilarious. Yeah, he's definitely not six one. <laughs> he's um, a competent basketball player. He'd be the best point guard on the Chicago Bulls right now. Fact, and and you and I talked a little bit about that offline is. How horrendous that point guard situation is for Chicago right now. Uh, we're not. We're that not. Is, we can't. We're not um, the Chicago he, uh, team evaluation. So I'm, I'm going to stay out of this. Here's here's the bad news. The point guard crop in next year's draft is not looking good. I'm I'm writing a, a 2018 mock draft right now, and the point guard crop is not good. It doesn't so, matter. It doesn't matter. We just need the, the the Bulls need a player who is good at basketball. Doesn't matter what position they play. Doesn't matter their alleged age. Uh, Tangent question: as they they bring, tall, they, As long as they're not a seven foot tall white guy who shoots threes. Tangent question: do They bring a Miritich back. I believe so. I don't think I there's a market for him, and um, he's a good asset. If he, uh, to me, I uh, I buy I try to buy out Wade whenever I can, and if not, just let him play or whatever. Uh, and then I try to run the whole offense around Nico Miritich. What do you got to lose? He's going to look great. Um, and then trade I him. actually think, I actually think that they've messed that up for years, especially with that second unit, not trying to give Miritich the ball more and let him do his yeah. thing. He's not a spot up shooter. He's a playmaker. He really, I mean, he's not a great playmaker, but he's very good at basketball. And and here's one of the things that I think makes Fred Hoiberg one of the worst coaches in the league is. He thinks everybody should fit into his system instead of playing to his players' strengths, which is a big mistake, right? I mean, you want to make your put your players in the best position that they can have to win the games. And he tries to fit everybody into a bucket. God, Fred Hoiberg. And and the front office cho- chose him over Jimmy Butler. Just just yeah. Uh, you know what? It's going to be a long depressing season. So back to our. I gotta get out of this. I'm starting to fall down the deep hole of depression. Back to our Wizards discussion. John Wall, first round pick, yes, no. Yeah, I'm doing it. I think he. I think he makes the first round in a 12 team league. Uh, he's 26. He's entering his prime. I think he gets better next year. I don't know. Um, not significantly better, obviously, but he can get better. I think he will be better next year. Um. Uh, so I would take him in the first round, the end of the first round for sure. But for, I think he, I, I think he leads the, the league in assists too. Wow, and assists are hard to come by these days. Um, with he he barely beat out Westbrook last year with Harden and Chris Paul going to the same team. 
I think he leads the league in assists at like ten and a half. It's, I think it's possible. I think you could do it. Um, Bradley Beal is probably the next best player on this team. He's only twenty four. Is he getting better? Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, we we've talked about him in the past. I mean, he was he was twenty sixth in total value last year. The thing that always worries me is what's up with those legs. Yep. Um, so if you're telling me I have to pick him in the late second, early third round, I'm passing. You're probably going to have to pick him exactly where you just said. And, and, and I'm passing because I think that's his ceiling, right? And, and I don't super love to do that. I don't love to pick a player at his ceiling. He's a he's a top thirty player, a hundred percent. I think he could be better. I think he could be better than he was last year. Okay, where? I'll I'll indulge you on that. Where? Where's he going to get better? I think he could probably uh, hit a few more threes. He could probably get to the line a little bit more. And um, he's twenty four. I don't see why he couldn't. Um, improve a little bit on his defense, maybe get a, a, a little bit more steals. And um, I, think, I think that's about it. I don't know if he could get more assists or not, but I doubt it. So, you, so you're comfortable Small picking him. In, gentle increases. You're, you're comfortable picking him in that late second, early third spot. Uh, I'm not because I've, he's burned me every single year I picked him. Screwed me over by getting injured every single year. This was his first healthy year. Let's just everybody remember that. So in that case, I'm not. If I have to, if I'm, those are two different questions. Would I draft him at the end of the second round? No. Could he be a end of second round worthy esque uh, player at the end of next year? Yes. Oh, he could yeah. Be I mean, than- he could be, but I don't think that's the most likely outcome. I guess is my point. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm not um, sure he gets worse. No, I think he is what he is. At the very least, he stays where he is, but where, the, where he was. But the problem, he's only 24. He's got to get better. But the problem to me is I think it could be 50 games instead of 77. It's always the risk here. And it could be 20 games instead of 77. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of, like, would you rathers? Uh, Gordon Hayward, Bradley Beal. Uh... Gordon Hayward. CJ McCollum, Bradley Beal. CJ McCollum. Uh, Mike Conley, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Uh, let's see here. Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson. I'm with you there. Uh, let's see. Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal. Kyle Lowry. I love Kyle Lowry. Yeah, see, so that, that that's already pushing him down in, into the third round, I think. Yeah, good point. He's probably a third round player. And I don't want to reach for him because simply because of the injury risk. I don't want him unless it's the fourth round. I'm not gonna to lie to you and I'm not gonna get him there. You're a hater. You're a Bradley Bill hater, and I respect you for that. Um I guess I'm just a realist in the sense that I think his injury risk is a rather high probability. Um, and I, he stayed yeah, I, I need to see another healthy year from him before I'm willing to uh, wait, uh, not waste, but to, to take a in a second round, third round pick on this guy. So 
uh, maybe this is even the best question of all. Otto Porter or Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal. Otto Porter, 17th last year on total value. Bradley Beal, 26th. I do not trust Otto Porter. I'm with you. I don't trust Otto Porter. And um, and I and I guess I've been I've been skewing my rankings. Usually I don't do this. I'm skewing my rankings towards all you head-to-head people who love getting punting turnovers, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, this is why head-to-head's inferior, simply because you already punt. You're going in punting a, an entire category that matters. To the game of basketball, um, but the f- and, and here's what Otto Porter's value comes from his lack of turnovers. And, and but here's here's what I'll say for for those head to head people, right? There's no better thing than talking junk to your buddy because you crushed him in a head to head league. Um, in roto league, you you only get one one chance, right? At the end of the season, when you it's more fun him. to play, it's more fun to play head to head. I I would agree with that. And, that. and that's the that's the main difference, right? Is the draw is. Oh, I can say, Mike, oh, man, I crushed you last week. You remember that? You remember that beating I gave you and talk all that junk? Whereas at, in Roto League, you only really get one shot to do that. I still I still have my, my problems, especially with the amount of games teams play within a week. Uh, they're just not even. And I understand you. there's no um, ways to get around that. but So I think the new schedule that's starting two weeks earlier is going to alleviate some of that problem. I, I hope so. I really um, do. It's the the goal, I guess, is to eliminate all the four games of five nights. Those should be those should already have been eliminated. That is a just a bad. Um, I mean, those are schedule. They're they're literally called schedule losses for a reason because teams just don't even play. They don't even bother to try those games. And it also they're supposedly also going to limit the back to backs more. So I think we're going to see the schedule kind of even out a little bit this year, um, which is good. Yeah. And. I think it only really matters in the playoffs, right? Like everyone can take a loss during a, a week in the season. It's going to happen regardless. Someone's going to get hot. Someone's going to have some bum player who shouldn't even be on their roster who has a real good week and beats you. Uh, so, I mean, it's just variance in any small sample size. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, do you think Otto Border can do what he did last year? Do you think he's that? I, do you think he's that type of player? I think the percentages get worse. Shot 51% from the field. Uh, yeah. So amazing. The question is, does he get more shots then, right? Because obviously if you shoot a worse percentage, your points go down unless you get more shots. I mean, that's just math. Simple. 10 field goals a game. Attempts a game. So, and not a lot. It's not like he it's not like that number got better as the as the year went on. It's not like they're like going to him more. In fact, they were going to him less because he um had a very, very, very strong first half. And then his shot kind of disappeared over the last um, month of the season. Now, granted, the last month of the season is not a good sample size, so let's stay away from that. But his shot did uh, get worse as the season went on. So, spot you're looking at picking him. Obviously, I think it's behind all the guys I mentioned a little bit ago. Yes. And so, head to so head, where are you thinking? Head to head, I'm 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 down on him even further because I'm punting turnovers. Um, I guess I'd be interested in him probably in the beginning of the fifth round. I'm with you. Um, I'm probably maybe not even picking him there. I just 
I don't love him, you know. I just I don't really see anywhere that he gets a ton better. He's only and, and that's, he's only that, twenty-four. That is absolutely crazy because he is a second-round value on nine cat roto and nine cat roto leagues, and yes, that comes from his turnovers, right? Even in eight cat, I'm looking at eight cat total season rankings. He was seventeenth. We're down on Otto Porter. I think we're too far down on Otto Porter. I'm going to have to readjust so, but, my thought on Otto Porter. Okay. Let's let's take it back one season. Okay. In cap value per game, what was Otto Porter ranked in 2015-2016? Mm, probably in the bottom half. Probably 60-70. 60. Wow. With relatively wow. the same minutes. But here's the here's the basic difference. He was slightly worse in rebounds. He played two less minutes, and his field goal percentage was forty seven, and his field goal percentage was seventy five instead of fifty one and eighty. But he was twenty three. But my point being, I don't think he shoots fifty one. I think he shoots closer to forty seven or forty eight. And I guess the point I'm trying to illustrate mostly is. The gap there is not huge between 60 and 17. So any minimal slippage. Especially with a player like him who really gets his um, value off of his efficiency um, and off of his lack of turnovers and, you know, getting those uh, that extra three and getting that extra steal, a little half a steal, uh, anything like you're, like, like you're getting at, if those steals drop to one, from one and a half to one, and that three point drops from two to to one and a half, that's a that's a it's a far drop. Yeah, and so I guess my point is, in the fifth round, I'm comfortable because I think he's definitely going to return that value, and there's a little bit of upside. I think if you're taking him in the third round, what's the upside? I don't know. I I think I I'm I'm, I'm talking my I'm talking myself into the fourth round. Starting to talk myself into the fourth round for Otto Porter, um, simply because if he does stay, if he's healthy and he has just a, a season similar to the one he had last year, let's say he shoots forty nine percent instead of fifty one percent, he's still probably in that fourth round value. He's probably better than Vujovic overall, depending on your your, your on your nine cat roto leagues. So that's what I don't like about him in a head to head league is because you're, if you're probably already putting turnovers, so his value completely disappears there. And then he doesn't really do anything spectacular anywhere else. He just does everything. I misspoke. He was 22nd in uh, eight category leagues, not 17th. But uh, It's amazing. I, I'm, I, I'm still shocked by that. Oh, yeah, so am I. Is that um, true? I mean, let me, I don't know. I can't believe that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Huh. It's crazy. Um, good for him. Um, what a what a what a story of the year. Um, max contract tying up every uh, tying up the Washington's future. Good for him. Um, anyone else on this team? Markeith Morris uh, was staying in league relevant. Marcin Gortat probably can't do anything but get worse. I would assume. He's getting pretty old. The team, the, the the league is moving away from. Um, Gortat or Valentinus? That's the question. Oh, that is a good question. 
That's a great one. I would go with Marcin Gortat. Be, all things considered. So where you're going to draft Marcin Gortat is, go, is always going to be better than where you're going to draft Jonas Valachunas. Jonas Valachunas probably, I'd say there's a 50-50 chance that Gortat's better than Jonas. Now, if you throw that caveat in there of where they're going to get picked, I want you to throw that out, okay? I'm saying random draft board, right? It's all it's all smart guys who know what they're doing, okay? Already, already sounds bad. Right? So let's say they're probably relatively – I can tell you this, okay? Last year in A category, they were 59th and 60th. So they were relatively the same player with different stats, with different yeah. stats, obviously. So that said, assuming they're going to go on relatively the same spot, which one would you rather have? Man, they are, they are just the same player. You know what? I'm, so, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch. Uh, I'm gonna switch my. If 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 you're not looking at where they could possibly be drafted, you're just saying. You get Gortat, you get Valanciunas. It's up to you. It's your choice. Um, I'm going to choose Valanciunas because he's younger and there's the potential that his minutes go up. Gortat yes. is not getting better. I'm with you. I don't think he gets more than 31.2 minutes, whereas Valanciunas could get more minutes, and they were relatively the same player last year. So I am with you 100%. If the choice is Valanciunas or Gortat, they're getting drafted relatively at the same spot, I'm going Valanciunas. Because there's a slight bit of upward mobility there. Are you looking at uh, eight cat leagues here? Yes. I am looking at eight cat. I believe I am looking at per game value, but I might be looking at total. So let me check this. Hmm. I am looking at eight cat total value now, and they were 59th and 60th. That's weird. I'm not sure these I'm not sure these rankings are correct on my screen. Um, would you rather have Lamarcus Aldridge or Jonas Valanciunas? Wow, uh, Aldridge surprisingly finished behind him last year. That's um, sadly what I'm saying. I would I would rather have Aldridge. I think still. He can't be that bad, man. He just can't be. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of agree. I think there's no way he gets. Plus, if if we're talking head-to-head nah, leagues, right? Uh, Aldridge gives you a little bit more to build your team around. Uh, Valanciunas gets a big bump by those great percentages, right? And that's all well and good, but. The percentages don't carry a ton of weight because there's not a lot of attempts behind them. So the numbers look flashy on the page, but there's not a ton of attempts to boost your actual percentages. True. Like he he shot 8.8 field goals and 2.7 free throws. So you're looking at a bad field goal percentage shooter who shoots 15 times. I mean, that's twice as valuable what he's doing so it's not a huge it's not a huge help i guess is my point 
Let's do one more. Let's do one more team. I think we can get it out of the way. Uh, we are. This is going to be a longer one simply because we we got to get through the easy ones first, and then we'll hit the uh, harder ones. Uh, spend more time on those for sure in, in later episodes. Let's go to the M- Milwaukee Bucks. They really uh, they didn't lose anybody. Uh, they really didn't gain anybody. They got DJ Wilson at number seventeen in the draft, and they uh, re-signed Tony Snell. Um, the steal of the Michael Carter Williams trade. Giannis could possibly be the best player in fantasy next year. It is the potential is there. Jabari Parker won't return until toward ACL won't return probably till 2018, maybe the all-star break even. What's, what's your take on Jabari Parker's future? Um, so he's not a what I'm looking at if it's a redraft league next year. No. Um, number one, you're going to have to hold him in your – even. okay, I guess I'll, I'll say this. If it's unlimited IR and I can get him super late, maybe. But if it's like one or two IR spots, that's just clogging up my spot. So when my first-round pick gets injured, which I hope he doesn't, but if he does, now I've got to make a decision, right? Or i got to sit with an empty roster spot if there's only one IR. Let me, so, uh, let me throw it out there. They both come back on the same day. They both come back mid-January. Would you rather have Parker or Rudy Gay? That's a good question. I would rather have Parker if it's just a league for next year in the sense that Rudy Gay might be shot. Or Parker, I think, is going to come back and play and be relatively effective. He's young. He might recover maybe a little bit easier, hopefully. Um. So Parker, in total value, despite playing 51 games, was still the 127th ranked player last year. Wow. Um, he scored Impressive. 20 points a game, which which I didn't super see coming. Um, I kind of like him. It's sad. It looked like he was starting to take that next step. His steals uh, improved. His shooting was improving. It looks like he was he was moving towards. But he was also playing second fiddle, which when he comes back, he's going to be third fiddle, I think. Absolutely. So that's something else to, to say. And and third fiddle behind Chris Middleton. Yes. Who um, they're kind of making a swap there, right? They they didn't have Middleton for most of last year, and they who, had Parker. What was it like eight minutes? They played both those guys together. I believe it was something crazy like that. I, I don't have the stats directly in front of me. So really... the, the interesting question, and we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who play in dynasty league. So the interesting question to me is: Start up dynasty league. Where are you going for Jabari Parker? He's twenty two. He's not going to play much next year. He's. That's a good question. Um, if you're starting up a dynasty league right now, right, and you know you're going to get at best what, like half a season from him. Twenty-two years old, still very young. His per game ceiling right now is pro. Just looking at him. Seems to be a mostly a scorer. The fact that you've never seen him really steal, block a game, and that part of his game doesn't seem like it's going to be there, uh, kind of caps his overall value across the board. He probably could be a little bit better shooter. Um, I'd probably take him in the top fifty. Ooh, that's juicy there. Because I th- think him being 22 
maybe in the, somewhere in that fifth round, you just go, hey, it's a dynasty league. I'm not in it for next year. I'm in it for the long haul. Um, I'm taking a chance on this guy. Um, I'd rather have – I mean, would you rather have him or LaMarcus Aldridge in a dynasty league? Um, well, and we can talk about this maybe some other time. If I'm playing in a startup dynasty league, I'm looking to win. I want to win because – That's the like, smart strategy, right? Because everyone's <laughs> looking for – Malcolm Brogdon and 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 freaking Eric Bledsoe sitting on the board, and you're like, you're idiots. Eric Bledsoe's still out there. Well, and the flag flies forever, right? I mean, I'm I'm gonna win the I'm gonna win the damn league, uh, whether it's this year or five years from now. If everyone's gonna go for five years from now, I'm gonna win it this year. Cause it's gonna be super easy. Um, so in that sense, I was gonna say I'm looking at Parker from like 75 to 100. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm looking at my Marcus Aldridge next year. So. I mean, I'd have really? to think of, I'd actually probably go Aldridge just because I'm I'm trying to win now, but I uh, if in the draft I might switch to Parker just because I'm not in love with Aldridge and I don't think he ever gets back to where he was. Yeah, and let's and let's, let's also say you're playing in a smart league with smart guys, and you know half the league is trying to win now, and the other half of the league is is looking at the future. Um, I think that makes Jabari Parker a little bit more. But uh, valuable. Here's the thing, and and I mean, I don't know many dynasty leagues that play with a, a kind of a snake draft, right? A lot of guys, and I myself am switching to this kind of just playing mostly in leagues where there's an auction. Yeah, and everyone should be playing in leagues with auction. It's just a much more fun way to do a draft. I think you might be able to sneak Jabari Parker in there at a real cheap price just because guys aren't thinking about him, guys aren't no, he's not going to be back for a while. And if he's a bench player on your team, if you can get him at that price, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good ticket to have when he actually gets healthy. Yeah, in the long term, that's a great um, – and if you're in keeper leagues as well, that's a great guy to get at a low price where the penalty is is low, and then you're sitting on that guy. Um, yeah, especially, like you know, especially two, if you three, don't really have a – yeah. Right? I mean, and then you got a player who's worth 25 or 20 in your cap, but he's five bucks to you. That's a big. That's pretty, uh, I think, a pretty huge. Um, you always get to so, go with the value, especially with the auction leagues. Uh, uh, let's talk about Chris Middleton now. Where I love Chris Middleton. Chris... Love this guy. He's, um, to me, he's he's going to be. Um, very good next year. What, two seasons ago, he ended up 30th per game. Um, totals, I think he was 22nd overall, right behind my main man, Giannis, um, which is wild. I don't think, I, I, I don't think he can, um, maybe, I don't know if he's going to duplicate what he did in, in in that season two years ago, but I think that's his ceiling, right? I'm with you. Uh, per game, what was he last year? Eight cat per game. Uh, uh, I'm looking at nine cat. He was 63rd. In my nine so, cat. Eight cat, he was 50. In only 30 minutes a night. 30.7 minutes a night. That's pretty good. Um, so I think he's definitely a top 50 player. 
There's no real reason to think he's going to get hurt. Um, he's only 25. Where, where are you? Where are you targeting him uh, in, in in normal leagues? You're going to assume uh, a lot of people are going to be on him. We're saying 12 team. 12 team. Um, Robert Covington or Chris Middleton? I'm going Middleton. Oof. I think that's about where I'm at. I think that's a toss-up for me. I think Covington could get his minutes squeezed a little bit. They got a lot more talent. They're going to want to play some of those young guys. So if anything, I think he kind of takes a step back a little bit and Middleton takes a step forward. I think Middleton could play like 35 minutes a night. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. Uh, I, I, I kinda why, see, why wouldn't he? He's 25 years old. He's healthy. Um, I kind of see Middleton as a top like 30 to 35 player. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't see Covington there. I'm not, nothing against Robert Covington. Well, I thought you were picking Covington. Um, Gordon Hayward or Chris Middleton? That, that, that's a good one. Uh, probably probably going to go Gordon Hayward. That's usage, close thought. Probably I, his usage might, the usage might be a little down in uh, Boston there. Um, that's a pretty good toss-up. I think that's about where um, I would stick him in there. How about the two Washington guys? Who are you going with? You got Beal, you got Porter. I'm going Middleton over both, obviously. Are I think you can Beal over – you can make a case for Beal, but I'm I'm huge on Middleton, and the reason I'm huge on Middleton is because the guy gets steals. Um, yes. The year, what what year was that? Let's keep going back. He was approaching two steals a game two years two seasons ago. He had one point seven steals and, per game. He's going to shoot more and threes. got one and got one point four in thirty minutes. If you're going to say he's going to play thirty five, yeah. Plus. You got to factor in too that if you're looking at last year's stats, some of those games he kind of was ramping up, mm-hmm. and after a big injury like he had, you know, you're a little tentative, a little unsure of yourself. You're not super playing at your best, probably. Um, so, and it's only a 29 game sample. So I'm, let's also throw this out there: Giannis two years ago wasn't Giannis the the base god that he is now. Like Giannis is going to get everyone's attention. Chris Middleton is going to be a bit more open, uh, being surrounded by um, the likes of Tony Snell, who also spreads the floor out. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really big on Middleton. I can see myself having Middleton in a lot of leagues just because I don't know that. I th- I think we see this a lot, right? Milwaukee guys kind of get discounted. Just because, other than yeah, Giannis, no, people obviously. don't really pay attention. People don't pay attention to Chris Middleton. People will, because people have to pay attention to Giannis after this year. But I think you're right. I think he's a kind of a guy who goes under the radar. Uh, anyone else on this team that you care about in standard league? Um, Greg Monroe and Malcolm Brogdon, both starters. Uh, well, sorry, Malcolm Brogdon started every once in a while. Greg Monroe started every once in a while. But there was that whole debacle of Greg Monroe. Uh, playing about 22 minutes per damn game. I completely forgot about this. Um, um, so which one you want to talk about first? I'll let you pick. Let's go to Malcolm because I think he's a little bit is a bit quicker. 
Okay. Uh, so what's the is the question? Is he standardly relevant? Is he? Yeah. Is he? Is he standardly relevant? Yeah. Yeah. Back end. I think he could be a top one hundred player. Me Playing too, but not. I don't think he's a top seventy five player. I, I think that's I think probably he's one of those weird right? guys. Yeah, I think he's one of those. I don't want to say weird guys. He's one of those guys who kind of came in and he basically played as good as he's going to play. I think I don't see him getting a ton better. They had a um, they had a puzzle was, piece, and he happened to fit that puzzle piece. Like they were looking for someone to be the corner piece, and he was. He was just there, and he handled the ball when needed, and was made some plays when needed. He he he's twenty four, but. He was never pegged to be, you know, the next great thing. I'm not sure how and, much better and he could ceiling, possibly get. Right. The ceiling doesn't seem super high in, from what I've seen. It's like he is what he is, and that's great, but he's not going to be a ton better. He may get some more minutes. He may play like 30 a night this year. Um, yeah. Under your I, assumption, I, though, you know, people name recognition, Malcolm Brogdon, people probably don't even know who that is, um, could be a nice uh, late pick. For a lot of people past, you know, the tenth round. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's go to the Greg Monroe situation, which um, plagued me in a in a handful of the leagues last year. So per game value, ninety third in twenty two and a half minutes. It's kind of incredible. To the to other thing, it's a game would be standardly relevant. Yeah. So does he get more minutes? <sighs> they didn't really lose anybody, right? So yeah, and they didn't really gain anybody. Would kid drastically change what he wants to do next year with um, Greg, the man Monroe, uh, especially when Thon Maker and uh, DJ Wilson could possibly play minutes as a four weird four five kind of kind of guy that doesn't make any well, sense. I, I mean like I don't know what's going on there because they're not they're obviously not playing traditional roles. Um Greg Monroe is like a rich man's Jillial Okafer. Um yeah I really I have no idea what to do with this situation. I'm sorta of with you. I don't think he gets any less minutes. So that's that's sure. That is a positive. In the sense, in the sense that he was standardly relevant in twenty-two and a half minutes, which is insane. Uh, so, taking that one step further, I don't really think that he gets more minutes. Right? Maybe twenty-five. The, the only gen- the only thing he could do is get more minutes, or stay the same. Yeah. So why so why not take a, a a 10 plus round flyer on him? But I think it's also important to say that I don't the upside is pretty damn high if he gets 32 minutes, but I think that's a 0% chance. Yes. So the upside to me isn't super high. Unless something I'd say it's a there's a 90% chance he doesn't let's say there's a, a really weird freak injury Thon Maker and John Henson 
Uh, bless their but then don't you together. think they, they they just play Giannis at the five and go with some crazy small lineup oh, of Matthew Delova and Brogdon and so much fun to watch. And and that's call it the you know the NBA getting smaller. Call it kid being crazy. Call it kid hating Greg Monroe. Call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care about that. I just don't think that the kid wants to play Monroe the minutes. Whatever the reason, doesn't matter. For our purposes, Good I don't point. see. I don't see any way that he gives them more than twenty-five because he just doesn't want to. Yeah, um, that's a pretty good point. That's not kids' philosophy. Um, Greg Monroe is a uh, slowly growing obsolete, and if he was on any other team, he probably would be playing thirty minutes. But since he is on Jason Kidd's team, and Jason Kidd just wants to play a team of, of Giannis's. Um, He's not gonna. He's not gonna play. And there's no trade, right? I mean, we've seen this, right? The Magic want to get rid of Vucevic. The Raptors want to get rid of Valanciunas. The Bucks want to get rid of Monroe. No one's buying, right? There's yeah, no market. It would. It would have happened already. So we we are where we are, and he's probably a top 100 player again, but he's probably 80 to 100 because there's just no. Yeah. There's no upward mobility or downward. Anyone else on this team? John Henson, Tony Snell? I don't think so. I don't think anyone no, else is I mean, John, relevant. We, we've, we've ogled over John Henson's blocks for a couple years saying, oh, if he gets the minutes and yeah. he's falling in the same Greg Monroe bucket of it's never happening. God, I'm over that. Um, I'm sad. Sadly, I was on that bad wagon for a couple years. Um, Tony Snell could technically get better, but I don't think he's standard league relevant better. Um, he could maybe sneak into the very bottom of the standard league if he really, really tried. Um, I doubt um, it, though. Yeah, I'm with you. He's he's also not really a great streamer in the sense that he doesn't do anything well. Yeah. So he kind of... There. He's kind of just on the waiver wire in, in most standard leagues because he doesn't... He's not great to stream, and he's not great He's not worth a standard league roster spot, so he's kind of just in the cold. Yeah, he's on the he's the number one um, player that's on the BuzzFeed article. Deep leagues hate this guy. Hate these guys. He's number one. Deep leagues, <laughs> people pick him up. Deep leagues, they hate this guy. You'll never guess who it is. That's no, just Tony Snell, and he's boring, and he doesn't do anything, and you have to pick him up because he's technically relevant he technically plays 29 minutes in your really deep leagues but you hate him because he doesn't do a damn thing um i guess 1.83 points pointers is not nothing to scoff about um if you're in a super deep league but yeah i can't say anyone else on this team is exciting me um i think i mean we we got through five teams that's pretty pretty decent um, we got a lot more. Twenty-five to go. Yeah, and and obviously we we did a cursory glance of of the five teams today because not a lot changed. Uh, yeah. There are going to be teams where we're going to talk for a half hour, forty-five minutes on a team because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, someone like the LA Lakers, perhaps. Uh, I'm yeah, really I mean, and there's with the Atlanta Hawks. Who the hell's playing on that team? Who knows? Yeah, they're a good one. Uh, Philly. I mean, I'm super excited to talk I about mean, Philly. I just know you were excited about Philly. Uh, just in the sense that 
Um, there's a lot of question marks. They got a lot of pieces. They're, they're actually kind of a deep team now, which is weird to say after many years of being in the toilet. Well, hopefully this Kyrie, uh, Kyrie trade uh, pans out sooner than later so we can uh, officially focus on these team uh, previews. And I hope you guys are also enjoying those team previews. If you are, go ahead and uh, give us a rating, give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And if you want to hear us talk about anything specific during the preseason uh, as it's starting to ramp up through August and September, uh, go ahead and tweet at us. Uh, you can find me at Watch the Boxes. And Tyler, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Watsy4444. You got any uh, hashtag basketball.com articles coming up in the uh, in the holster? I am working on one about the Sixers and how deep they are and how that is a good thing but it makes their rotation uh, kind of madness. So it's got feeling... a little fantasy spin to it even. Oh, that's, that's good research already. Um, I know you are feeling the process over there, I can tell. I, I've i been trusting it for years. I am. Um, I'm, I'm a big like, Sam Hinkie fan. I would like Chicago to embrace the process. I'm, I'm waiting for them to embrace the process. They've embraced being terrible which I guess is part of the process, but that's not the process. So if, if there's one episode of this podcast, I am personally looking forward to it. It is the day we talk about the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I, I feel like you might spend an hour just railroading them. And I am excited for that. I've really been avoiding it. I've been really trying to, uh, you know, champion my personal health, my mental health. Uh, I have to pay uh, the second half of my season tickets here in the next week. So that will be a really tough time for me, uh, giving money to an organization that is absolutely abysmal. Uh, but I'm excited to see other teams play, so that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be getting to that. Uh, I'll probably be – I've been avoiding doing articles on hashtag uh, basketball about the Chicago Bulls because I just don't uh, think – writing F-bombs for five pages is an acceptable uh, piece of journalism. But uh, there is a hashtag basketball podcast that might be coming out about the Chicago Bulls that he truly uh, is going to be the host of. So I will probably get a lot of it out of my system through that podcast. And so take a keep a lookout for that on the hashtag basketball podcast network for hashtag Bulls if you want to hear more about the Chicago Bulls, because you know I love. I am looking forward to guesting angry. on that podcast. Yes. Just to just to set you up for your railroading of the Bulls. Uh, I, I really, really got to figure out how to not be a fan of this team. <laughs> Dude, David Nwaba, starting point guard. Don't hate. Uh, you know what? Fine. Who cares? We just need to suck. All right, let's. Let's wrap it up. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, you want to plug? Nothing. Nothing in the. Nothing else coming up. Any other uh, podcasts or articles you got? Uh, no, man. Just. Uh, just this. Beautiful. Uh, we did get a little interest in uh, our uh, setting up a fantasy league with our listeners. So um, once again, tweeted us if you'd like to uh, get involved with that. We're going to probably hit that a lot harder as people are actually starting to pay attention to fantasy basketball here in August, September. And uh, we, I am working on a nice rule set that I'm going to run by Mike ooh. in the next week or so. So if you are interested wow. in that league, now's the time. Wow. 
yeah, get on early. Get get in early because um, spots will probably go fast. I assume once um, people start paying attention to fantasy basketball again, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a, a fun little thing to, to be able to talk about uh, during the podcast. And it'll be fun to talk junk to each other, Mike, which is all we're all about here. Yeah, we're. I assume we're going to go head to head simply because uh, I hate it. So I'm sure you're just finding ways to to make me angry about the league. Oh, of course. Ugh, just an absolute worthless. Uh, not worthless. Uh, just not my preferred way of playing. So I I am going to if you if you're nice enough to invite me, I am going to join a roto league with you this year. Wow. Number one, so, so you can beat me because I'm not the best at roto. Number two, no, just, no promises. <laughs> just just so. I can have the experience. I'm hoping you got a good league for me because every roller league I've been in, okay, this is not this is not the brag. Most of the guys quit by the All Star break because the league has been decided. True. Well, uh, and so I, will, I don't. I just. I just don't like that part of it. I will. I will do my best to find a very competitive uh, roller league. Um, you really have to hate the other people in the league to stay um, focused after the all-star break when you're in like seventh place. Um, it can be done. I was, I was in a very tight top six. Well, well, see, just here, the other last year. Here's my problem is like, even like third and fourth quit though. Yeah. And so, so it's like two guys playing and it's like, well, okay. Like it's, it's me or you, man. Like, there's you, no, have to, not- you know what? You have to have pride if you're going to be, in a roto league, I, dude, I play it out. No matter what place I'm in, even if I have a bad year, I'm playing it out. If I'm, I'm, I'm in last. I'm, I'm I'm getting next to last. You know. Yeah, that's, if that's I can beat one guy, I'm beating somebody. Exactly. And so uh, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for at least ten or twelve guys who want to play like that. And we're gonna have to get those set up. Um, we will let everyone know the details on that moving forward uh, once we get some. You know, actual league set up, and, and once that's even available, I'm not even sure the major uh, providers are, are, are allowing people to set up leagues at this at this time. ESPN so. sent me an email; they were they were uh, they were already going, but wow, they, 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 well, they always send it, and then like all you can do is sign up for the league. You can't actually draft for a while, so I'm not exactly anything. sure. Yeah, right. You can just like say I'm having this league here. Um, so I'm not sure if they're actually going yet or not. Probably not. Yeah, we we got a. I think we got a handful of things in store for the listeners here uh, coming up onto the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think that's it, though. Um, I guess we'll um, reconvene and see everybody next time. Thanks, everybody.